All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of What's What VR. We have a very important person with us today. We have Mr. Ed Sylvie from Baton Rouge Clinic, CEO of 33 years. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. Thank you. I appreciate you making some time for us today to tell us what's going on over at the clinic. And just to give a brief background, you're CEO of 33 years at Baton Rouge Clinic. What's... Uh, What's a normal day in the life, you know, kind of not COVID related? How's it, uh, you know, I'm not worried about COVID at this point. You know, how are things over there? Things are great at the clinic. Uh, we're doing fine. And of course, with uh, things moving on uh, with the pandemic getting better and better, things are really back to normal here at the clinic and have been so probably since the vaccination started. Um, but we're doing fine. A uh, lot of patients that uh, had not had their health care taken care of, predominantly chronic disease, diagnostic workups, and that kind of stuff, are now coming back and trying to get um, get, get their health status uh, in better shape than it was during the pandemic. But we're doing great and have no complaints. That's It's funny you mention that because I talked to somebody and they were explaining to me that that was a big thing, that a lot of people their regular kind of primary care just fell apart, you know, over the last year and a half, whether it was they had COVID or they didn't, but they didn't want to go, you know, in or different things couldn't be done. So it's, there's this almost like a backlog, you know, of trying to get in. Right. Uh, a lot of patients that either had uh, wellness checkups or they have chronic care conditions. Uh, you can just do so much with telehealth. And we did a lot with telehealth, but at some point, a uh, patient has to come and actually have a true physical exam, have lab, x-ray, whatever diagnostic workup that they need. And so we're, we've been back to normal for a pretty good while. I'll jump off of the medical, but I did just something I heard, and it was by no means a study or anything, but it was, I heard that there was a lot of people actually that were on blood pressure medicine that started doing the telehealth and they were able to come off of a lot of their blood pressure medicine or they didn't have as high blood pressure as they thought. And that was explained to me. It was because they kind of what they called like white coat syndrome Correct. to where people would come into the doctor and they'd be so nervous, you know, that their blood pressure would rise. And then when they started doing some of it over telehealth and those kind of things were like, well, you're not as bad as we thought you were. Yeah. <laughs> so. my, my wife has that white coat syndrome and, uh, uh, normally her blood pressure is really, really low and she'll come in sometimes and it'll be really high and just give it 10 minutes and it comes right back down. Yep. Awesome. Well, tell me, you've been there, like we mentioned, you know, 33 years, you know, the, the clinic is, I think everybody knows, you know, Baton Clinic in town. We've got, you know, there's multiple locations, you know, you've got the, you know, monster facility, you know, over there on Perkins, you know, what do you think, you know, from a clinic, whether it be small or large, you know, some of the things that you guys have done from an accomplishment point of view, like, you know, where do you feel, you know, kind of, you've been that leader, you know, of the clinic, you know, what, what do you think that is? I think there are a number of things. Probably um, people always ask me, what's the biggest accomplishment that the clinic has had? And, and really, it started about 1985 when the, the present physician leadership at that time recognized that healthcare was changing. And so they went out and began to recruit different types of physicians, uh, educating uh, the rest of the physician group. Uh, about the changes that are taking place in medicine, which, you know, that's pretty good. That's, well, 35, 
almost 40 years ago. Uh, and so it, really the physician leadership that put the clinic in a position to begin to change. That was growth, add services, new specialties, and, and what have you. So I would think of that as, as maybe its major accomplishment because what that allowed it to do is once they, they understood where medicine was going, they were able to grow, they were able to bring in resources, education, all of that type of stuff to, to, to make a better uh, organization and to provide great patient care. That's... I mean, we've done a bunch, bunch of things since then. Yeah. We got, we've got all kind of, you know, awards. We've uh, different. We've done numerous business transactions. Um, uh, got awards from the MGMA Association, where I've been named a better performing practice since 1997. A bunch of things in stroke and diabetes and heart care, that type of stuff where we've won awards. And, uh, you know, I think the group is very, very proud of that. I, I can imagine that is because this is where if we go back, I don't know if we've mentioned, but this is you've got an anniversary coming up. Correct. Which is going to be, you know, 75 years, you know, oh. here in this community. That is so, exactly right. Which anything lasting 75 years is an accomplishment, but, you know, healthcare, you know, it's, I've always looked at healthcare as one of those businesses that you almost have to like reinvent yourself every time you turn around because what you were doing for healthcare, whether it be for diabetes or something, you know, five years ago is different than what you're doing now. So it's not like, Hey, we've been doing the same thing for 75 years, making Coke bottles, you know, and we just <laughs> found better ways to make them your game changes, you know, every year, every month, probably. Right. That's and it, be it, amazing. It's, um, it's, that's a good term, reinventing yourself. And as I said, 1985 is when things began to change. And obviously they've changed a lot since 1985, but I think a standard theme is, uh, is stability performance. And we've got a lot of trust from the community. And those three things together, I think, have allowed the clinic to really grow, prosper, and to do a lot of uh, innovative things for uh, the greater Baton Rouge area. Uh, yeah. We feel really blessed uh, from the community. We've got over 300,000 active patients, which if you, wow. uh, that's pretty good. So what, roughly a third of the community, a little more than the community that we take care of. And, and we're very proud of that. It's, um, it's uh, you just don't think about it until you really read some of the statistics that, you know, uh -huh. my staff shares with me from time to time. Well, it's not only that, and I would almost, you know, I'd, you know, as a, you know, appreciation to you to look at, you know, it's not just, you know, taking care, but that's also a huge weight to carry you know, as well, knowing that, you know, if you've got a third of the community, you know, it's, we have to have the right facilities, we have to have the right capacity, we have to have the right providers, we have to have, the, you know, there's a lot there, you know, to be able to do that. <laughs> so what, what we have tried to do, um, if we have a culture, we have a value system, and one of the key parts of our value system is accessibility. And we think it's very important, just as you said, if you've got that many patients, you've, you've got to be around to provide for them. So we have somebody in each specialty on call 24-7, 365. And um, so if you make yourself accessible to your patients, it, uh, one, it's the right thing to do. And the second thing, it's, uh, you know, it, it, patients love it, good patient experience. And what we, I think what we have tried to do is offer concierge medicine 
without charging a membership fee to our patients. And uh, I think we try to strive to do that. Some days when we may not be as successful as we'd like to be because we get busier than we'd like to be. But, uh, you know, uh, sometimes uh, illnesses, uh, you know, flu and that kind of stuff come around. You just, you get overwhelmed, but uh, I've been real proud of our doctors. Uh, I think you'd ask me, you're talking about accomplishments, um, being overwhelmed when Katrina hit, probably one of the proudest uh, times uh, in my 33 years here. Uh, As you know, we had all of the, unfortunate people from New Orleans that came up here and they were sick and either in the Pete Maravich Assembly Center or down at the convention center. And our doctors would work all day and then go down there at night to take care of the patients. And uh, uh, it was really rewarding to, to watch them do it. It's, uh, I was very, very proud of them because it's working all day and then having to go do it at night is, is not easy. So Well, and that, not only just, you know, to talk about that for a second, but it's, it, it's completely different now than if, if someone had to go do that now, you know, God forbid we got in that situation again, it would seem, you know, I don't want to use, you know, I don't want to say like easier, but, you know, I can imagine then after Katrina, you know, back then, not everyone had, you know, the, my chart, you know, the online systems where you could pull some history, you know, these guys were having to go in and treat and make decisions, you know, on the fly with just what they had in front of them. People didn't necessarily come with, you know, well, here's the, I know I've, there's times where I've been on prescriptions and they'll ask, well, what do you want? I don't know. Or this is what it is. I don't know the amount, you know, but nowadays if it happened again, it'd probably be just with technology in a much better space where it's like, at least, Hey, we can pull this up. So those guys, you know, and women there had to do all of it, just almost kind of like a, you know, I want to say you know, either, you know, battlefield medicine type, you know, but that's kind of what it was. Exactly. And, and the electronic medical record has changed things so much for the better. Uh, you know, it's like all technology, it'll drive you crazy, but the moment you don't have it, you, you know, you're jumping around saying, where did it go? But it would have been a lot different in, uh, after Katrina, if we'd had that type of, um, of technology available. Uh, so, you know, met so many patients in New Orleans, the medical records got destroyed and it just, uh, yeah, I hope we never have to go through something like that again. Well, you mentioned, you know, that was a proud moment. Uh, some of the digging that we're looking for, and I would think, you know, you've got to have, you know, personally be proud. I think in some of the research we did, you've got a relative to one of the founding physicians. Is that correct? Yep. My dad. Said, really? Yeah. Okay. He, didn't, I didn't even know it was that close. So yeah, I was thinking we might've been like a cousin of a cousin or something, but tell me about it. Um, the Baton Rouge Clinic is real interesting. Uh, the four original founders all trained together. They were in the service together. And after the service, actually, the, the, um, uh, the concept of the clinic was conceived in the Panama uh, Canal. Uh, they were believing the Atlantic Theater to head over for what people thought was going to be the invasion of Japan. And they got to talking about when they got back that they wanted to, to open a multi-specialty clinic. And um, so obviously they did on October 23rd of 46. And uh, the clinic and I have a lot in common because on November 22nd, I'll be 75 too. So uh, somebody teases me and said, what do you have in common? We both still standing and taking nourishment. So um, uh, it, uh, it was, it was a, I never had any idea I would be here. Uh, one of the other founders, Joe Sabache, who was a great mentor to me when I decided I wasn't going to medical school, 
he said, what I think you ought to do is uh, go into healthcare administration. And at that time, this was 1967, 68, Tulane got um, uh, a Kellogg Foundation grant to start a program in 1969. I went and uh, graduate school at Tulane, came out, never thought I would be here. I ran hospitals for 20 years and uh, got recruited to come here. It was about 10 years after my dad, 12 years after my dad had passed away. Never thought I would be here, but it's uh, it's kind of nice. Um, uh, somebody says, what's the feeling? Said, it's kind of like, you know, taking over the family business, so to speak. And then one of the other founders, Joe Sabache, was a great surgeon, uh, was a great mentor to me. He left in 1967, right after Medicare was passed to develop regional medical programs. That was where all of the funds came together to create a lot of the subspecialties that we now have and enjoy as a population in this country. And uh, during that time, uh, he was a great mentor to me. In fact, after Gustav, um, he came up to town and, you know, there was no electricity. So we were all over at Our Lady of the Lake in one of their conference rooms trying to conduct business to say, okay, how can we reopen and do this for our patients and, and what have you. He just happened to come in and they sat him down in our meeting and he just sat there and listened. He said, you know, doesn't seem like anything has changed in the last 40 years. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of comical, but uh, uh, it, uh, it's, a, it's a unique place. Uh, obviously, I'm very proud of it. I'm sure I'm prejudiced, but uh, uh, it's nice uh, knowing that my dad was a founder and being part of it. So, I, and I, I didn't, when, you know, like I, I was at another job and when they moved in 1975 from North 19, Tenth Street to Goodwood uh, Avenue Boulevard. Um, you know, I helped them move in, and uh, I, I don't even, can't remember where I was working at that time. But anyway, so I, I had a long association with the clinic, and uh, it was a pretty easy decision when they approached me and said, "Would you like to come come here?" And uh, <clears throat> I did. Kind of like a coming back home, you know. It's, uh, it uh, that's amazing. So you grew up you know, literally the same time, you know, as the clinic. And so to know it your whole life, you know, and amazing that your father, you know, was one of the founders, you know, can, did, did you ever hear, did he ever talk, you know, when you know, the, the grand size, you know, and just the amount of coverage, you know, I no, can't imagine he ever thought it would, you know, get to this, you know, it was, it was really interesting. Um, when, when I decided to, to go into healthcare administration, I took a course out at LSU in my senior year and I, and I, I wrote a paper and it was all about multi-specialty clinics and, and that was the future of medicine. And, and the professor gave me a D on it because he said that would never happen. Doctors, you know, they couldn't work that closely together. And obviously, uh, uh, I, I think I got the last laugh. I didn't like the D, but I did get the last laugh. So um, that, that was a, a, a lot of fun, but I did get a chance to watch it. Uh, grow and develop, and um, in graduate school, uh, did papers on it, and um, uh, just a number of people from Baton Rouge that were physicians that knew my dad that taught down at Tulane at that time when I was in school, and it was, uh, so you, you know, you, as you get older, you look back and you appreciate things a little bit better than you do when you're real young, but uh, really, it, uh, it's nice. My grandkids appreciate that their great grandfather 
was the founder of the clinic. So we've got um, many generations here so uh, of, of patients that we've taken care of, not just obviously with my family, but all over Baton Rouge. That's, I just can't, you know, I'm, I'm picturing, you know, some guys in the you know, Panama Canal with an idea, you know, and then we're now 75 years later and you've got a third of the population and, you know, multiple clinics and trying to keep up. It's, it's a feat in itself, but then the, you know, for, like I said, any business, but then to have it to be medical, you know, related, I think it's just that much more, you know, an accomplishment because like I said, it's, it's got to change. You, you're probably not doing anything that you were doing five years ago. You know, it's all changed. It's new. We're not doing anything we did a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. uh, It's uh, no, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun and, um, it's uh, never had, never had any people say, did you ever think you were going to be this big? And the answer is no. You know, you go into a strategic plan that we want to be X side. Yeah. But some of that's kind of fun and games at a, at a planning session. I think what we just tried to concentrate on is being patient focused and physician focused. And by that, I mean, making a great patient experience and trying to make a good physician experience, making the ability for them to practice medicine easier and in providing a great patient experience. And if you do that, what happens is people come to you and they want to join your organization and you gradually grow. And so we're pretty excited about our growth. And and, and now we, uh, due to our size, we're able to plan and say, okay, we want to be bigger than this. We want to, we're, we're looking at planning other locations now, even outside of the greater Baton Rouge area. And, uh, um, we're, we're proud of it. We're actually very few people know a few things. We're the largest private physician group practice in the state of Louisiana, and yeah, which a lot of people are unaware of. And another thing that we did, oh, I guess right before uh, COVID hit, uh, we became the first independent physician group to ever be selected to join the Mayo Clinic Care Network. And we're very proud of that. Um, I think it's a great accomplishment for the clinic. They come in and they run you through the mill. They look at everything clinically, administratively, everything about your organization. And they selected us to join, which has been great for the clinic, great for our patients. And uh, it's been a wonderful relationship with them. And for people who don't know what that actually means, I think sometimes we get, you know, tied up or we're all, you know, if you, you know, surgeons can talk to surgeons and they know what they're talking about, you know, but to join that Mayo Clinic network, what does that mean to the layman who's like, well, great, they've got a partnership. You know, what does that do for me, you know, at the end of the day? Well, what it does do is it allows our doctors at, you know, almost, I don't want to say instantaneously because, but with the technology, almost instantaneous. So if you've got say a patient that comes in, it's been worked up and you're really not sure and whatever the medical condition is, you, you call a person at Mayo and that person at Mayo is somebody that instead of seeing that those types of patients 10 times a year, they might see those patients every day. So they've seen so much of that illness that they have a little greater expertise and to be able to for our doctor to be able to discuss a patient, send diagnostic studies, discuss what do you think? And yes, I, I concur with your finding. I think you're right on track. Maybe try this, this, or that. It's just, um, it, it's like having 
you know, being a part of their organization. And it's, it's just, you know, we've, my family's been able to use that. And uh, it just, it's, it's really nice. It's, it's, it's one of those things we talk about making the physician experience better. And I think um, our doctors like it because it's, it's collegial and they're able to, you know, do the stuff they like to do, which is talk medicine and uh, review cases, uh, all of that type of stuff. It sounds in a layman's, you know, unprofessional way of saying it, but it's almost you get the full power and expertise and knowledge of the Mayo Clinic without having to write the check. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, because those consults that like, for example, if my doctor were to call uh, somebody up there and say, it has this, this, and this. I'm, I think this is what the diagnosis is. What do you think? And whether they change it, concur with it, there's no charge to our patient for that, which is wonderful. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's, and so you just get all that knowledge, you know, a tube to siphon it out, you know, or to be right. able to reach out, you know, that's, and I think that's with medicine, that's what people need to do. You know, it's, it's not, it's still, I'm not a doctor, but it's the reason why they call it, you know, they're still practicing. We don't know all the answers. So you well, need to, you know, work with people. Even more so, we talked about changes. I mean, medicine is changing so much due to technology. And I'm, when I say technology, I'm not talking about like we're zooming here, but I'm talking about medical advances, pharmaceuticals, and all of the things that are happening. It's, you know, it's, it's like everything else. It's being able to have somebody else that you can discuss that with because the volume of information that's out there is enormous. And uh, it, it's just one of those things that, that makes organizations, but I'm sure there's a, there's a, a similar thing in other industries, but it, it, it's been wonderful for us. And so I guess that would be a way, you know, of how you guys have evolved to help the patient, you know, to meet their needs saying, sure. you know, look, we may not have all the answers, but we know a guy you know, we've got somebody else. So yes. I think that's, you know, I used to, I tell people all the time, if I'm ever the smartest person in the room, I'm in the wrong room. <laughs> I understand that feeling. <laughs> so my dad used to tell me, he said, um, he said, confidence is the feeling you have before you truly understand the situation. <laughs> I keep that in the back of my mind because um, it's, it's a lot of truth to that. It's funny. We say, um, if you're not, you know, confused, you're not paying attention. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I like that too. So, so tell me, you know, what, what's next in your opinion? What do you think? Where does, where we've got 75 years of history. We're talking, we've talked about it repeatedly. Medicine keeps changing. Can you even foresee what happens? You know, like the goals, like where do we, you know, what's the stretch goal? What is, you know, what's next for Veterans Clinic? I think what we want to do, even though we feel like we do a very good job of it, I think the future of where healthcare is going is going to be on the ambulatory side, um, trying to keep patients healthier. You know, we spent years taking care of people sick. Now, we're going to always do that. But I think that the, the real future is going to be trying to figure out how do you take care of large volumes of patients from a wellness standpoint and keeping them well. Uh, or if they have a chronic condition, diabetes, hypertension, or something like that, how do you keep that under control 
so that they don't end up in an emergency room or uh, admitted to a hospital. This, this is not only improving their quality of life, but it also reduces cost. So I think that's where not just the Baton Rouge Clinic, but where I think medicine is headed. Uh, getting arms around pharmaceuticals, because uh, there are a lot of drugs coming out that are just wonderful, but how do we pay for them? Um, artificial intelligence, um, different technologies that are coming out, new surgeries that are moving things out of a hospital into uh, an ambulatory surgery center, that type of thing. So it's just, um, uh, I, I think you're going to see a lot of advancements. We've seen a lot of advancements, but it's like, you know, the first calculator and now what they can do, it's the same thing that's happening in medicine. It's just moving at a rate that's just, it, it's, it's, it's wonderful and amazing at the same time. Yeah, no, I would think I've noticed a lot of that to where it seemed, you know, medicine was always, you know, when you get sick, come to us and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll do what we can, you know, we'll fix you. We'll do the best, but it's almost, you know, like how do we treat, you know, not just wait until there, let's get preventative. You know, we do, it's very similar. We recently started over at, Parents, we started a publication for kids on literacy, you know, fighting, you know, literacy, you know, right. for kids. And I think it's the two things that came when we originally were studying and researching this. I found there were two things that really just stuck out to me that made me drive and push this project forward was they had, somebody told me that most states will take a literacy of a third grade, you know, student and they run it through the algorithm and they come up with how many prison beds they need. They can, that's where it starts. And I'm on this tangent because that's, I think when you can get into prevention, you know, or the education early enough, you can have a huge, you know, effect downline, you know, at the end of the day. That's so. no doubt. I, a perfect example that we discovered a number of years ago when uh, the trend was that you start outreach programs to your patients. And we did a study and there was a direct correlation between, uh, on diabetics, for example, between the number of visits that the patient had and how better controlled their diabetes was. And, you know, it just, so we began reaching out and, you know, let's say if it were me, it's him, Mr. Silver, you hadn't seen your doctor in X amount of time and it's time. And there was a direct correlation between their improvement in their diabetes and the number of visits that they had. I mean, it was just, it was a pure linear graph like that, which told us a lot because if you're going to be charged with taking care of, say, a population of diabetics, you've, you've got to be able to do that uh, to, to provide the proper care. Absolutely. That's, I'm involved with, many years ago, was involved with a business group and the whole point of the group was we were all in the same industries, but we were in different markets and we, they, it was about 10 of us. And we kind of called it like this mastermind group. And what we did was we set accountability to each other and we made it a point to where every week we would have a phone call with each other, just 15, 30 minutes, but you didn't want to be the guy to tell, you know, the person you're working with, like, no, I didn't get that done. And this is what I plan to do next week. And, just, I would think in medicine, it'd be the same way. If you're going and seeing for diabetes, as you're talking about, if you're going once every, you know, year to get checked, you know, it's out of sight, it's out of mind. But if you've got to okay. know, I'm going back in at a more frequent interval, 
you might be, you know, watching what you're eating and exercising a little bit more because you don't want that slap on the wrist or it just reaffirms that you need to take care of yourself better. That is correct. So, a lot of times, you know, people don't want to go to the doctor until they're sick. Well, you know, yes, we can treat that. But the goal is, you know, let me take care of you before you get sick so that if you get sick, you're not going to be as sick and hopefully you don't get sick. So that's that's the concept. And, and, it, and it, it really works. Kind of like they say with the banks, you know, you don't go to the bank when you need a loan. You go to the bank for a loan when you don't need it. <laughs> they don't want, <laughs> they never want to give it to you when you need it. Right. That's correct. So. Well, look, I appreciate you taking so much time and talking with us today and kind of sharing the story. I think it's, for me at least, I had no idea, you know, the, the amount of time, 75 years, and then the connection, you know, that it's, it is, you guys are a huge group, largest practice, but it started out as a small, you know, four guys, you know, in the canal. And just because the size, you know, don't let, we don't want somebody to turn that away. You know, that's, it's not a big conglomerate, you know, at that point, you know, it's still a small clinic. We just happen to be really good at it and we've grown, you know, over the years. I, I, I think that's exactly right. And another thing I, I really think, and again, like I said earlier, I'm sure I'm prejudiced because I'm here working and love this place, but I think it's the best kept secret around. I think people have just, as it's grown and people that have grown up in Baton Rouge or been here a pretty good while, realize that, um, you know, Baton Rouge Clinic been here 75 years, but is, and just, I don't want to say take it for granted, but I don't know what other, what other <laughs> term to say. And, uh, but I think it's one of the best kept secrets around and we're happy to serve this community and want to do it for another 75 years. I went, uh, I was there a couple of years ago, I guess my first experience in disclosure was I had to go and it was a, Phenomenal experience. I actually had to go, I had to get a medical certificate for the FAA for wow. uh, fly planes. And so you guys have one of the only, you know, FAA examiners, you know, in town. I think there might be one other one, but um, it was online book appointment, you know, in out amazing, you know, worked out perfect. So great. it's just goes to show you talk about the different specialties and everybody there. It was like, I had to go dig, you know, where do I find? And there's right there. Batteries clinic has the guy we need. So great. Well, I tell everybody, especially somebody in your position, you got more important things to do than sit around and talk to me all day. So I appreciate you taking the time. I'd oh, love I to have you it. back, you know, just check in and see how things are going. Get propose on things. Anytime you want to chat, let me know. We uh, be glad to do it. I enjoyed this. It's a lot of fun. All right, sir. We well, have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. You too. Take care.